Yes, so the reading this morning is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Thank you very much, Melissa, and a happy Mother's Day to everybody. There are some people in our world who have especially good reasons to be really happy about Mother's Day. Uh, People like newsagents, they love Mother's Day, such a great opportunity to sell overpriced cardboard. Uh, Manufacturers and sellers of random little plastic trinkets, I'm sure there are whole factories in China dedicated to supplying the Mother's Day stalls at primary schools and uh, maybe some of us ended up in your life this morning. Florists, they love Mother's Day. Uh, Busiest time of the year, according to one florist that I spoke to a couple of days ago, even busier than Valentine's Day, which I guess goes to show that we love our mums more than we love our spouses. I don't know. (laughs) However, let's not be too cynical. It's not just them. It's not just people who stand to make money out of Mother's Day who love the thing. You can 100% add Christians to that list. We're a bunch of people who have every reason in the world to love Mother's Day, love what it stands for, love what it says. We should love Mother's Day, and I say that very conscious of the fact that there is also so much about Mother's Day that is hard for many of us. In this room, there are going to be people who had brilliant mums, and there's also going to be people who, whose mums left a lot to be desired. Now, there are mums who woke up this morning and got doted upon. There are also going to be mums who got up this morning and had to do everything for themselves and their family, like they do every morning. There are people who will get to ring up their mums this arvo. There are people who would give anything in this world to be able to ring their mum this arvo. There are people here today who at times really struggle with being a mum. But there are also going to be people who really struggle deeply with the idea that they never had the opportunity to be a mum. Mother's Day and motherhood is so, so complex. But even so, I love the fact that as a society... We want to have this day set aside to honour the importance of mothers. 
We, we like the idea that there's this day where we can acknowledge that mothers and the women who raise us, that they are precious. You know, that without them and without their work, without their effort, without their love, life would just not be the same for any of us. Now, here's something you, you might not have realised, is that Mother's Day was actually invented by Christians. Yes, the, the card manufacturers and the florists of the world, they love every second of it, but it wasn't their idea. It wasn't just a money-making venture. Uh, back in the Middle Ages, uh, churches came up with the idea that one Sunday a year, uh, the fourth Sunday in Lent, that it should be dedicated to letting people head back home. Now, lots of people just stayed living in their village, living close to their family, but there were some who would move away and be separated. And one Sunday a year, they wanted to free people up and encourage them to go back home and be nice to your mum. A lovely idea. It became called Mothering Sunday over time. Of course, Mothering Sunday is not actually the same as Mother's Day itself. Mother's Day was invented in 1907 by a woman named Anna Jarvis. She and her mother, named Anne, both Christians, both Sunday school teachers at their church. And when Anne, the mother, died, Anna, the next year, thought up the idea of having a day in her church to both remember and celebrate and thank God for mums, both those who were alive and those who were deceased. And people in her church loved it so much that the surrounding churches adopted it the next year and then it spread to the next city the year after that. And within about five years, nearly the entirety of the United States was doing this thing. It was declared an official holiday. And Mother's Day was invented by Christians. And it makes sense when you think about it. Because ours is a faith where we absolutely get just how precious the women in our lives are. We get that they should be honoured. We get that they should be celebrated. We get that we should thank God for them, that we should give thanks to them themselves. And I love that we get a little snapshot of it here in 2 Timothy. A little snapshot of that kind of attitude. I don't know if you know much about the letters uh, to Timothy in the Bible, but they, they're a real delight, I think. There's two of these letters in our Bibles, and they give us a window into this lovely friendship between Timothy, this younger fella, and his older mentor, Paul. You know, Paul has been caring for Timothy. He's been training him, encouraging him, supporting him, helping him to be a good Christian leader. It's a very cool relationship. I hope you've got people in your life like that who care for you in that way. But right at the start of the second letter that Paul writes to Timothy, you see that the friendship that Paul has with Timothy is not the only significant relationship going on in Timothy's life. That well before Paul met Timothy, there were these two other people caring for Timothy, teaching him, training him, showing him Jesus. And Paul names them. They were his mum, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois. Whenever I hear the names Eunice and Lois, uh, they make me think of the Golden Girls. This is what I imagine these ladies looking like. Maybe that's not a very flattering comparison. I don't know. Just, just those kind of names, right? But... But what we see here is that Christianity can be a family affair. And it doesn't have to be. You may well be the first person in your extended family to trust Jesus. God often calls plenty of people to himself who have no legacy in the church. But the reality is that one of the big ways God can and does bless a person, one of the ways God often calls people to himself, is by placing them in a family where their parents or a parent, where their mother where their grandmother trusts the Lord Jesus. Now, Timothy, as he starts, uh, Paul, as he writes his letter to Timothy, 
gets reminded by Paul that he has a sincere faith. You know, his is a faith that runs deep. In these letters that Paul writes to Timothy, he's calling Timothy to be a great Christian leader, to be bold, to make sacrifices, to perhaps even suffer for the Christian faith if that's what it comes to. He says to Timothy, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That's a big call. But from everything we read in these letters, it seems like Timothy's the kind of guy who hears that big call and says, yep, okay, sign me up. This Timothy, he's a good guy. He's a solid Christian. He's a, he's a promising young church leader. And where did it all come from? Where did it start? Well, as Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and also in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you. It started in his childhood home. It started with those closest to him teaching him. It started with his mother and his grandmother not only caring for him physically, but also caring for him spiritually, teaching him about his saviour. Mothers matter. For one thing, because mothers mould us, they shape us. The key women God places in your life, at all times, but particularly when you're in those young, formative years, they play such a big part in who we are and what we care about and how we see the world. If you want a kid to grow up trusting and loving Jesus, then you better make sure that there are some women in that kid's life who love and trust Jesus themselves. If you want a kid to grow up living well, living for others, living sacrificially for the sake of another person, then you better make sure that there are women in that kid's life who live that way themselves. It begins, of course, with our biological mothers. You know, the woman who carried us and nurtured us and sacrificed herself for us as we grew in her womb. And then from birth onwards, it continues in much the same way. Usually our mother is the main person in the world who is loving us and teaching us. And oftentimes there are these other women getting involved in the process as well, aunts and grandmothers and a whole bevy of honorary aunts and grandmothers. All the women who invest in us, all the women who care for us, who, who take the time to nurture us, these, these many different mothers who God has placed in our lives, they're, they're not the entire picture, but they sure are a pretty massive, crucial part of the picture. And mothers matter. And it's because things get passed down. This may well be the, the single most powerful teaching strategy we've got. It's the ability for parents to just kind of slowly, subtly pass things down to their kids. Almost imperceptibly, it just, just kind of happens naturally by osmosis. Now, sometimes it's habits and sometimes it's kind of funny. I once knew a family where all the kids would say the word Australia really weird. It was like, Australia? What is that? But then I heard their dad say it. I'm like, aha! And he was a preacher. It was a little bit... Ugh. But it goes well beyond that, doesn't it? Ideas get passed down. Convictions get passed down. Ways of thinking about the world and about your place in it, they get passed down. What lives in them... What lives in your mother 
often ends up living in you as well. And so for Timothy, what, what lived in Lois was passed from her to her daughter Eunice, and then what lived in Eunice was passed from her to her son Timothy. And chances are that kind of thing has happened to you as well. Chances are your convictions about the world and about the future and about Jesus, chances are they were not just taught to you in like a, a formal kind of setting like this. Chances are someone also modelled them to you. Somebody who, who God placed close to you lived them in their life and they slowly but surely spilled over from them onto you and, and you soaked it up. It made you who you are today. And chances are, some of the people who did that the most for you were the many influential women who God put in your life. And so we can honestly, happily say that mothers matter. And I think that means we should want to celebrate their sacrifices. We should be people who celebrate the kind of understated, low-key, constant patient sacrifice that tends to be the way mothers do their work. Now, this is not exclusive to mothers, of course, but, but mothers live in this world where their hard work and their sacrifice and their achievements, they're, they're rarely flashy. They're rarely obvious. They're rarely lifted up and paraded and named and appreciated. But I think that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is doing in this letter. I find it really interesting that Paul chooses to bring up Lois and Eunice here and that, that he acknowledges their work in Timothy's life because he didn't have to. It's, it's kind of a little aside in the letter. It doesn't really add much to the direct point that Paul is making to Timothy. He doesn't have to talk about these two amazing women, but he chooses to. He chooses to highlight their work, their involvement the long, slow, subtle, motherly work that they did. Because he can see the immense difference it made in this one young man's life. He wants to call it out and name it and celebrate it. And, and I would encourage us, let's do more of what we see Paul doing here. Let's be people who are not just wowed by the kind of big, obvious achievements, but let's also be people who appreciate the more quiet and patient and long-term work, the work of a mother, the work of a mother figure in your life. Mothers matter. And so, especially on a day like today, let's make sure that we're saying thank you to the women who've done this kind of work in our lives. You might like to start by thanking God for them. He's responsible for this person being part of who you are. But make sure you thank them directly as well. For many of us, these kind of women are only a call away. If you chicken out, then I guess you could send a text, but trust me, they're not going to be happy. But, but do make sure that if you have the opportunity to say what you feel. I can imagine Timothy getting this letter from his mentor Paul and opening it really excited to see what next little bit of instruction his mentor had for him and getting to that line and realizing ah Paul is reminding me here that these two women are important you know it's as if the older wiser Paul 
is deliberately slipping in this reference to Lois and Eunice to remind this young punk Timothy to actually go and spend time with these women. To say thank you for these women. To not be so busy that they slip off his radar, which is such a young man thing to do, isn't it? My mum's probably watching, so I have no excuses. I I will call you later on, mum. (laughs) Can I say, please don't let this end with your blood relatives either. I'm sure that if you stop and think about it right now, you'll be able to think of plenty of women who have mothered you. And that word mothered, it sounds a little bit creepy. It sounds a bit like smothered, you know. But, but, but the reality is that being mothered by somebody is a lovely thing. To have someone invest in you like a mother does. To have someone care for your welfare like a mother does. That is a privilege. For some, it was your biological mother who first comes to mind. But I'm sure for all of us, it didn't stop with her, that there have been other women who have done this. I hope you'll take the time today to thank them. Mothers matter. And so as much as you can, I want to urge you to play that role for others. And at this point, because it's Mother's Day, I want to talk particularly to the women of Central Villages. I want to urge you, be the women who care like a mother cares. And not just for your own children, if you have them, though of course that's the obvious place to start, but to care for others. The younger women God has placed in your life, the younger men God has placed in your life, we all need wise older women who will impact us and influence us and comfort us and correct us. We are so much poorer if we don't have women like that in our lives. So please, be that for us. I look out today and I see plenty of women who are that in our church. And I want to say on behalf of all of us, thank you for what you do. Thank you for the way you love like Christ does. You are loved. You are appreciated. You are needed. You are a gift from God to the rest of us. Happy Mother's Day. Now, we were going to have uh, one of the mums in our church, Katie, uh, lead us in prayer now, but she's had to duck home with a a sick kid, and so I'm going to lead us in prayer for uh, mothers and uh, thanking God for them. Please join with me. In Psalm 139, we read the psalmist words, You, God, formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Heavenly Father, whose blessings we receive in abundance, we thank you today for the gift of mothers. We praise you for the unique part our mothers have played in many of our lives, bringing us to birth, nurturing us in love, guiding and teaching us in wisdom, raising us as citizens in your world. We lift our hearts to you in thanksgiving for these women. Thank you for your many mercies to us poured out through them. Lord God, without you we can do nothing. And so we pray today for the Christian mothers and grandmothers and godmothers and honorary mothers who are in our lives and in our congregation. Lord, give them hearts filled with love each day 
and minds that are focused on that which is most important in the midst of all the busyness and the tiredness and the heartache. Help them to fix their eyes on Jesus. Lord, we pray also for all the mothers in our community who do not yet know you as their heavenly father. Lord, bring into their lives Christians who will share that truth with them. May they turn from living life without you and drink of the living water, which will, which will truly satisfy. Gracious God, you are the God who comforts all of us. You know our needs before we even ask them. Lord, we pray today for all of those for whom Mother's Day is not much more than a time of grief and pain. We pray for those who have recently suffered the death of a mother, for those who are caring for a mother in the midst of illness, for those who are hurt by broken relationships, by family tensions. We pray for those couples, those women who have longed for children and yet have remained childless. Father, in your mercy, comfort all these people, men, women and children. Give wisdom to those who minister to them. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, help them to look, for you, look to you, reassuring them of your love in the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Father, we pray all of these things, conscious that you hear us and grateful that we have you to turn to. Thank you for the way you love us. Amen. Please stand. We're going to sing one last song together, The Lion and the Lamb.